couple weeks ago, we kicked off a brand new series called New. And uh, started off on January 1st, I was talking about new choices. And reminded you that however you want this year to be different from last year, it's all going to be dependent on the choices you make. Amen? Uh, you make your choices, and then your choices make you. And so if you want this year to be different from the years that you've had in the past, then you have to make some new choices. And you can go online and watch that or listen to that if you didn't catch that. Last week, the message that Pastor Salvador preached for me um, was on having a, a, a new walk with God. And uh, in that message, we talked about, man, you need to get a new, fresh image with God. And we talked about what would it look like for you? So often we get into the new year and we say, you know, I want to walk closer to God this year than I did the year before. Well, how are you going to do that? Uh, just because you hope to do it doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen. And so Pastor Salvador gave you uh, some, some ideas on that. Uh, we also wanted to make some resources available to you. I know he mentioned these last week. I just want to remind you of them again. Um, these are some different ways you can get into the Word of God. Uh, you may have your own Bible reading plan. Some of you have never, maybe never read, uh, read the Bible on your own. Uh, we've got a couple of different ones that are really great. This is called the E100 reading plan. And this is 100 readings that will basically take you, uh, give you a panoramic view of the Bible. It's not reading the whole Bible. It's reading the major stories of the Bible. Uh, it's not where they repeat stories, all that kind of stuff. But it's 100 readings. If you did this, you'd have a good grasp on what the Bible says. Um, another one that is a great one Navigators puts out is called 5 by 5 by 5 in which they give you uh, just like one chapter a day to read. It takes about five minutes to read it. And then they give you uh, some study questions just to reflect and make you challenge yourself that you can do. Uh, it's a great little plan, and uh, that's out there for you. If you've, you've never done that, that's a really good one. Here is absolutely my favorite. Um, it's called The Essential Jesus, and this is 100 readings about Jesus Christ. It's everything from uh, who is Jesus, the need for a Savior, previews of a Savior, which is about uh, some of the stuff in the Old Testament, Psalms about the Savior, prophecies about the Savior. Then it gets into the life and teachings of Jesus. They're, they're not long readings, but it's 100 readings over the course of the year. If every three days you sat down and you read one of these and just reflected, this would give you just a beautiful look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And this is my my favorite because this is the one this is the one that we want to be like amen uh, we're called christians and our goal is to be like Jesus, and it's hard to be like Jesus if you don't know what Jesus is like. So all three of those resources are out there next to the Welcome Center on my book table out there. They're free. Uh, you can take as many as you want. If you have, want to pick some up for some other people, you're more than welcome to do that. But I want to just challenge you uh, to get into the Word of God. One other way um, that you can uh, spend some time in God's Word, I write a daily devotional every day. I take a scripture, and then I just unpack it on how to apply that to our personal life. I post that on my personal Facebook page. I have a, a God's Word for You Today page that I post it on, and then I email it to anyone who would rather receive it by email. 
If you would like to receive the daily devotional by email, if you'll just take one of the prayer cards that are in front of you and just write your email address on there. Again, you can drop it in the, in the offering box or hang it on the prayer wall. We'll get that, and I'll add you to that email list. It's just, again, it takes you about five minutes to read that scripture, and then it's just a way to reflect upon it. Now, here's the deal, gang. Uh, people, we make such a big deal about this all the time. People say, well, Pastor Steve, it sounds like you really want your people to know their Bible. I really want you to know God. And the scriptures are the best way that God can reveal himself to you. And that's our goal is to help you in 2023 draw closer to God. So these resources are available to you. If there's anything we can help you with that, um, please let us know. Today, I want to I talk about another topic, and uh, I think this is going to hit pretty close to home, no pun intended, uh, but throw that picture up on the screen. That beautiful couple is uh, Stephanie and John. Uh, last September, they uh, were in a hotel, Hilton Hotel in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, the police were called because there was a huge disturbance when the police got there, this married couple had been in a big fight in their room, and uh, her dress strap was torn, and uh, they, there was blood all over her, there was blood all over him, and when the police were unpacking, you know, what in the world happened here, there was blood all over the room, uh, they had gotten in an argument about John's brother, and the, the argument led to some harsh words, and the harsh words led to some pushing and shoving, and that led to some uh, other things going on. And the the bride took took the the wife took the husband and headbutted him and broke his nose, and uh, so he had blood spurted all over the place. It was interesting when the, when the police were unpacking it all; both of them owned it. I mean, both of them owned it and said, yeah, I did this. It was my fault. And she said, no, it was my fault. And so they arrested both of them. And now they have very beautiful matching orange outfits uh, from the county jail. Here's why I'm telling you the story. This was what I just blew me away. This happened two hours after their wedding. They had just gotten married. Literally, two hours before, they, they're here in the hotel. She was still in her bridal gown. He was still in his tux when they got in this fight and now had blood all, all, all over everything. And I, when I read this story, I go, man, it doesn't take long for the honeymoon to be over, does it? How many of you have discovered that? You know, it doesn't take long. Yeah, yeah our newlyweds back there, yeah, I got that. It doesn't, it doesn't take long. Well, I, I, today I want to I wanna talk about that. Um, I, I want to talk about how to have a new home. You know, when we, when we think about a new year and a new start, um, one of the things I hear from people all the time is, Pastor Steve, you know, how, how can we have more of the kind of home that God can bless? You know, how can we be closer in our family? How, how can we get past some of the things that we're going through? And, and of all the stuff that people ask me to talk about and teach on relationships and family life is by far and away the, the number one factor. In fact, come on, it's just us. Church is a great place just to own it and confess it. How many of you would be honest enough to admit your home could use a little help this year? Yeah, no, don't, both arms and a leg up back there. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. All, all of us can, all of us can. And so let's, let's take this journey together. Are you ready? Take your sermon outline out if you want to track along and take notes uh, for your spouse because you know they're not paying attention. Go ahead and take notes for them. Uh, I want you to look at a, at a passage of scripture with me uh, from Psalm 127. This is just a great place to start. Read it out loud with me, church. 
Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. I want you to catch that again. Unless the Lord builds the house. And my question to you is how in 2023 is the Lord going to work in your home to to build a better home than you've ever had before? How are you going to allow him and invite him to do that? I I don't know about you, but man, we we live in a culture where it seems like to me we need the help of God in our households. Amen? We we really do. Um, In fact, I I, I saw this. I was reading this article. It was kind of a funny article. It was on funny tombstones around. And I saw this one, and I thought this would be a great tombstone for many of us to be able to put up. Put up here. Raised four beautiful daughters with only one bathroom, and still there was love. (laughs) I laughed when I saw that, and I said, now, that's not just the work of God. That's a miracle right there, baby. I mean, that's that's an an outright miracle. Well, and maybe that's that's where your house is. Again, our our households don't have to be in complete disarray for us to know that we need the power of God. That's what I want to talk about today. Why don't you look with me, um, follow me in your outline. Let me give you just a couple of thoughts. And I, and I want to give you some stuff. I'm going to give you some very practical things. But I want this to be something that you can just take home, kind of camp with, and let the Lord speak to you all week long. Here's the first where I want to start. If, if our homes are going to, we're going to let the Lord build it, then we need to surrender the lordship of our homes to Jesus. We need to surrender the lordship of our homes to Jesus. Now, here's why I want to start there. When I started thinking about what happens in our families, one of the things that hit me was a lot of the division in our homes over is over who's in charge here. And, you know, we have uh, us men that go, you know, I'm the king of this castle, you know, and we, we try to bow up and, you know, like I'm, I'm the dictator here and you got to do what I say. And then sometimes we have very strong-willed women that say, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the queen of this castle and you're actually not even a king. You're just down here. You're the joker. You know, you get to do that. And, uh, and, and then sometimes we have households where kids try to run the household. How many of you have ever had a household like that where kids want, kids want to run? Well, who's in charge? Who's in charge? And, and, and sometimes, you know, I've, and, and I've done, met with couples where they're talking about the things you're going at home, and, 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 and I'll have husbands particularly that'll say to me, you know, I'm the one running the show in my home. And I can look at him and say, and that's the problem. Look at me, just hear my heart. We need Jesus running our homes, we need to surrender our leadership to the leadership of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, um, you know, uh, but I've discovered this in my own life. Whenever I try to take charge of my life or my family, I mess things up. I, I need God's guidance, strength, wisdom, and power for me to be the kind of husband, father, grandfather that I need to be. Amen? Does that make sense to you? I, I love the words of Jesus in Matthew 7. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is what? Wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on 
bedrock. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus says. He doesn't say, if you follow my teachings or you let me be the head of your household, he, he doesn't say, then your, your home will never have storms. He doesn't say that you won't deal with outside forces. You won't deal with problems. No, the, the storms happen whether you have Jesus in your home or you don't. The deal is if we have Jesus in our home, the Bible says in Colossians that in him all things hold together. He is to be the cornerstone of our families. Amen? Does that make sense? And, and I just wonder what would it be like if, if, if we went home and we just kind of took off the crown of our leadership and laid it before God in an act of prayer and say, Lord, I need, I need you to be the husband and father of this home. I need you to be the mother and, and wife of this home. Or even as kids, Lord, I need you to help me be the best kid I can be. Or the parents saying, I need you to be the best parent. What would happen if we stopped trying to run our homes and start inviting God to come and have his way among us. Just a thought. Surrender the leadership to Jesus. That's why I put this statement on your outline. You know what? We need, we need more than a picture of Jesus on the wall. We need Jesus enthroned on our hearts. On our hearts. Let me give you a second thought. Sometimes new love starts flowing when we heal old wounds. Sometimes love starts flowing when we heal old wounds. When I was thinking about how do we really connect and come together uh, as families, one of the things that I realized is that for a lot of our families, if we're honest, we've got some scar tissue there that we need to deal with. Um, I, I wrote a devotional a couple of days ago, and I was talking about uh, in that devotional how um, that whole idea of where Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself can't stand, a, a family can't hold together if there's division. And I, and I was talking about this idea of this is how Satan really wants to come into our families. And, and sometimes what's funny is we, we work really hard to protect our families from outside forces, but the deal is the way the enemy comes in is through very subtle ways among us. It's through the, the critical and negative things that we say to each other. It's through the harsh words that are spoken. It's, it's through the things that we do. And when I start thinking about how do you really create intimacy, how do you really create a connection in families, I, I realize that, you know, sometimes, sometimes we got to take a step back and go, maybe, maybe there's some stuff I need to heal before we start talking about new habits and other ways, maybe, maybe there's some things that I need to take care of with my family before we can really move forward. Does this, does this make sense to you? The um, passage of scripture from Proverbs 12, 18, read it with me. It says, speak without thinking and your words can cut like a knife. Be wise and your words can heal. Think with me for a second. In the last weeks, months in your home, has, has there been something there that you haven't acknowledged? 
Has there been this thing that's not been taken care of that's kind of created a little bit of awkwardness around the table or an interaction? When I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how, how hard a time we have sometimes of really dealing with the stuff in front of us. We call it the elephant in the room. And I, I put this in your notes. You know, it's hard. It's hard to be close when there's an elephant in the room. <clears throat> hard to be close when there's an elephant in the room. In fact, I saw this picture. I thought, this is a great picture of a lot of families. Throw that up here. There you go. There's the elephant in the room. We got, you got this couple, they're not talking to each other. There's something going on. And there's this elephant laying there between them, eating chips, I think, in the picture. Uh, but just laying there. And, and it's like, you know, they're not, they're not going to be able to be close until they deal with this thing that is between them. And the same is true for us. And I, I don't know what it means. And in fact, on, <clears throat> on, on your outline, I gave, you, I gave you just some things that you might consider. Here's some questions that you might consider. One is, what issues do I need to own? What issues do I have that I need to own? Look at me, and you do have issues. Amen? Amen? Yeah. And if you don't think you have issues, just ask us. We'll help you identify what they are. Well, we will be more than happy to tell you what your issues are. I guarantee you. Yeah. What, what issues, what, what is it that I need to own? What, what's happening for me that everybody knows about it? I'm just not owning it. What, what do I need to own up to? Secondly, what offenses do I need to confess? What offenses? Where, where, what have I said or done where I know I've hurt somebody and I just, I just haven't taken care of that? One of the little tools that I'd love to give you is the sooner you take care of wounds, the easier they are to mend. Now, several years ago when I was pastoring in Phoenix, I was sitting at breakfast with my, my prayer partner. <clears throat> and uh, while we were talking, his, his cell phone rang and he looked at it, kind of rolled his eyes like this and he pops it open. He goes, yes, 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 I'm meeting with Steve. Yes, thanks. Boom. Puts his phone away. And I, who was that? He said, that was my wife. I said, dude, you talk to your wife like that? He said, well, she, I said, no, you talk to your wife like that? I said, if I talk to my wife like that, she punched me in the nose, man. Are you kidding me? And he, he said, well, you know, she, she knows better than she knows I was meeting with you. And I don't know. I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, dude, do you love her more than anyone else in the world? Yes. I said, if someone else talked to your wife like that, you'd knock them out. And yet you talk to her like that. He, he said, yeah, you're right. I, I, I should have been nice. He, I'll, I'll take care of it. No, 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 no. You go take care of that right now. And, and he got up from the table, went outside. And I could see him out there, you know, groveling on the phone. And, and he came back in and, and he thanked me. And you know what? Again, we, we've all done this. We've let our mouths get away from us. <clears throat> we've said things or done things that we need to own up. And it's, again, it's okay. We make mistakes sometimes. But we need to own that. And he took care of it quickly. Because I promise you, if he hadn't taken care of that and he got home, what would be in the room? The elephant. And they would have danced around it until he finally said what he should have said from the very beginning. I am so sorry. I love you more than anyone in the world. And I have absolutely no right to talk to you that way. You're my wife, and you should be able to have access to me anytime that you want. Amen.
Amen. Take care of offenses. And the last one you can, you, can, you can camp on for a while. What changes do I need to commit to? What changes does my family need me to make that, that I need to commit to? We'll, we'll circle back to that in a little bit. Let me give you a third thought. As you're thinking about this new year and a new home, develop some new habits of creating connection. Think about how can you develop some new habits in your home to help you create connection. Well, again, when I, was, when I was praying and thinking about this message, one of the things that I kept thinking about is how we can live in the same household and yet still be strangers. There are a lot of things that have happened now for our American families that have just it kind of helped driven us apart. And I thought, what our families really need is how to connect better with one another. In fact, I'm going to tell you that one of the, one of the starving things that people are starving for in our country everywhere is intimacy. People need, all around you, need someone who will listen to them, someone who will care about them, someone who will be empathetic toward them. And I'm telling you, they're right there in your home. In fact, I thought this was so, this is so many, how, how, how much are people starving for intimacy? I, I thought this was so lady. This lady posted this on Facebook as a testimony to, to her own uh, silliness. But I, I just thought this was, this was really funny. <coughs> Throw that up on the screen for me. She got a text message that said, I am here for you. She said, thanks, I'm going through a tough time, so it means a lot. And I'm sorry, I lost all my contacts. Who is this? This is your Uber driver. I'm here to pick you up. How many of you have ever met someone that in a heartbeat is ready to pour out their whole life story to you? Anybody here met people like, yeah, yeah, why? Because we have this need for intimacy. Now, please don't miss this. And our homes are the God-given vehicle that he gave us for that to happen. If anyone in the world ought to be listening to each other, caring for each other, being empathetic with each other, it ought to be those of us who are in our homes. Does, does, does that make sense? Absolutely. That's why I put the statement on your outline. Most families don't split apart. They drift. They drift. Now, again, I want to help you have some practical ways to apply this. He says, well, Pastor Steve, what are some things that you're talking about? Well, let me just give you a few. One, you might think about eliminating the hijacking habits that you've been allowing in your family. One of the things I've realized is as our American culture has changed, instead of us taking control of the culture, we've allowed the culture to drive us. And there are hijacking habits that we've developed. In fact, one of the things, how many of you, it drives you crazy when you come to the dinner table and all your family members have a phone, cell phone, or they're on them? Does it make, make you not? Yeah, my wife's got both hands up. Yeah, absolutely. I saw this on Amazon. I thought this was so cool. Throw that picture up on the screen. Unplug, be present with those around you. And I love this as a box that you can put in your, in your family room or in your kitchen where when everyone comes in, they all drop their cell phones in that box until dinner is over. I thought, you know what? That would help the intimacy level in, in America rise by 30% if everybody just did that. I guarantee you. But because everywhere you go, we're, we, we're, we electronics have taken over our culture and, and again, I, you may have other habits that are doing that for you, but what I know is that when we allow these habits, we don't realize that it seems harmless, but it's actually 
blocking us from really connecting with each other. What, what are those hijacking habits for you? Here's a second one. Rule your schedule or you'll become its slave. Rule your schedule or you'll become its slave. Again, if you want a few words or a word to define the American family, it's busy. And sometimes we forget, look at me, it's okay to say no. Or it's okay to say, fine, we'll trade. Because what happens is we commit, we commit, we commit, we commit, and we commit to a point, hear my heart, we commit to a point where there's no longer any time for God or any time for each other. And I'm gonna tell you, that's wrong. We've got to step back. Every single one of us in this room, if we were to ask the question, what's the most important thing in your life, we would say God and family. And yet God and family are the two things that get pushed out as our schedules take over our lives. And I just want to challenge you to say, you know what? Take charge of your schedule. It's your schedule. It's okay to say no. Say that out loud with me. It's okay to say no. I saw you, you think you're busy. I saw this. This is a cute cartoon. Jill was a slave to her schedule. It says, Mom, come quick. Nathan's head is stuck in the refrigerator. She said, I can't come now, but I have a 10-minute opening right after I change Caleb's diaper at 1025. (laughs) And sometimes our schedules, we allow our schedules to get so full that that's exactly what happened. Number three, third part of that, make, make your family time as sacred as you say. Make it as sacred as you say. We, we often, even in families who say we have a family time, we don't often do a good job of guarding that. And I just want, again, just want to encourage you, make that as a sacred as you say it is. Make, it's not, just because you say it's sacred, it's not sacred. It's only sacred if you practice it that way. And last thing, and this is just from my years of, of, of being married and being a, a, in the family, adapt, adjust, and recommit. Adapt, adjust, and recommit. Now, here's what I mean by that. You know, I was single for a period of my life and lived my life one way. Then I got married. And you know what? I had to adapt. Then we had a a son. And when you have children, guess what? You have to adapt again. Then we have a second child. And if you're like Salvador, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, you know, you know. And, and I just want to say, you know, with, with, every, with every child, you're, you, have to, you have to adapt again. And, and then, then your kids get in school, and, and your schedule changes, and you have to adapt again. Then your kids graduate, and you have to adapt. Here, here's all I want to say. Life, life is not a flat line. It has all kinds of movement to it. And if you really want to stay close as a family, every time you, have, you go through a transition, you have to adapt Adjust your schedules, adjust, readjust what you're going to do, and then recommit yourself to keep family first. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Last thought. Here we go. This one hurts. A new home begins with a new you. A new home begins with a new you. You know, through the years as a pastor, I've had people who have come to my office and said, Pastor, my, my family's a mess. Could you, could you fix my wife? <laughs> or I've had people come and they've said, Pastor, my family's a mess. Could you fix my husband? Or I've had people come in and say, Pastor, my family's a mess. Could you fix my kids? Or Pastor... 
our family's a mess. Could you fix my parents? Look at me. Only a, a couple of times in 40 plus years of ministry have I ever had someone come in and say, Pastor, my family's a mess. Could you help fix me? You know I love you. You are the only one that you can control. And as long as we point a finger at the family members around us as the blockade to what God wants to do, we're going to miss the point. What we need to do is ask God to do something new in us. There's, there's a real cool inference in, in the book of Acts. And I gave you an example of it on your outline from Acts chapter 16. If you remember the story, Paul and Silas were in jail. And, um, and at midnight, while they were singing and praising God, there was an earthquake. And it shook the, shook the jail and the doors opened. And the, the jailer came and saw the doors open and just was afraid that everybody had run away. And he was going to kill himself. And Paul yelled out to him and said, hey, it's okay. We're all still here. And the guy was so moved by all of that and witnessing God's power that he took Paul and Silas home with him. And he invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of his, of his life. And I, I love how Acts 16.34 says it. It says, and the jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. Read this last phrase out loud with me. He and his whole household. Did you catch that? You, you see, this jailer opened his life to God, and he became the door through which God's Spirit was able to do a work in his entire family. What would happen for us if we said, God, do something new in me so that you can do something new in my family. Gypsy Smith was a, an old evangelist from years and years ago. He was asked one time um, about how does revival happen? And, and here's what he says. Throw that up on the screen. Gypsy Smith said, go home. Lock yourself in your room. Kneel down in the middle of the floor and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself. And there on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival in that chalk circle. It's such wisdom. You know, you can't change anyone in your family. But you can, with God's help, allow him to change you. And maybe, just maybe, you will be the door or the window through which God begins a revival in your family. I'm going to ask my prayer partners to go ahead and take their places. In just a moment, Rachel's going to lead us in a song. and I just want to invite you to a time of prayer. And I don't know what you need today. Maybe, maybe something that I talked about today touched your hearts and Maybe there are some of you who just would like to have a prayer partner pray with you, that you'd be a better dad, better mom, better woman or man of God in your home. 
or, or, or maybe you're just concerned about your household and you just want to come and have someone pray with you that God would lay his hand upon your family. There may be some of you that, as I was talking, you thought of a, a son or daughter who are married. You thought of someone you're close to. and They're going through a really hard time. Maybe you just want one of our prayer partners to agree with you for a, a family that you just want to stand in the gap for and just ask God to, to do something new in that. Maybe, maybe you've got some stuff going on in your life or some things happening that have nothing to do with the message today. Maybe it's a tough time you're going through. Maybe it's a physical problem you want someone to pray with you about. Uh, maybe it's a challenge that you're experiencing or about to face and you just want someone to agree with you in prayer about that. Our prayer partners will be happy to pray with you about anything that's going on. But I want you to take this moment and just lean in to the Lord. Um, I've asked Rachel to lead us in this, this old chorus. I just love it. It says, uh, in my life, in my heart, in our home, be glorified. Is that your prayer? Our Father, we agree with your word that says, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And we confess before you today that we aren't wise enough, strong enough, holy enough to lead our families the way that we have need them to be led. And so, Lord, here today, we surrender ourselves before you. Lord, I, I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our households, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are some families that need some healing today. And so I pray that you would stretch forth your hand. I pray that you would bring healing and wholeness to them. I pray that you would help us to be able to humble our hearts and to take ownership for the wounds that we've made in people's lives. And I, I pray that we would be a family that uh, figuratively would be able to just wash one another's feet, to be our best encouragers and uh, our, our, our the ones who are the, the, the most empathetic and sensitive to our needs. Father, we want homes that can emulate your love. And we just can't do that without your presence or your power. So, Lord, we pray today in our hearts, in our lives, and in our homes, be glorified. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen.